You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome. 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 On to the Off Air podcast. I am joined as always. Well, I am Chris Thomas, I should say first. Joined, as always, by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Steven, playing hurt, Gagliano. Steve, uh, in just a second, the audience will hear that you are uh, soldiering through. You are you showed up, full gear, ready to go, but uh, Mother Nature and her wackiness has decided to descend upon you uh, in affliction of your instrument. <laughs> which is your vocal cords and your ability to speak. Um, but we will soldier on and carry through because the people need the podcast. They do. And that, you know what, that's, that's what motivated me to get out of bed this morning. I took NyQuil last night. And you know, when you wake up off of that, you just kind of feel like you got hit by a truck. It's not like you slept. It was more so that you're just knocked out. So yeah, that's, that's why I do everything in my, so I'm, uh, really sensitive to things like NyQuil and um, the gas that they give you. Like I have, so quick story time before we get into our topic, because uh, we're veering down this road. Um, when I was like eight years old, I had my tonsils and adenoids out, and it was the first time I ever really had powerful anesthesia. And I woke up after the surgery um, in like a disillusioned state, not knowing where I was or what was going on and uh, screaming bloody murder. So they had to re-sedate me because they couldn't get me under control because I had such a strong reaction and was put in such like a weird, like zombie-like state from the anesthesia. Um, and then that happened again when I was like 22. I had to have surgery on my kidney um and when i woke up i was i was in so much pain because they didn't give me enough um whatever they give you to take away the pain that that like morphine or something whatever it was that i was cursing out the uh nurses (laughs) and uh just like again like screaming bloody murder because i have such a bad reaction to that kind of stuff um so i stay away I try probably, not to take probably a good idea. I don't take Ambien or NyQuil or anything like that because it, it it I have this weird thing where like I go into like sleep mode level 
6,000. And when I wake up from it, um, I guess I'm like not fully out of that state. I'm in this like weird in between consciousness state for a little while before I fully come to. All of a sudden, what I'm going through doesn't sound too bad. No, it's just it's being it's a little just, foggy in the morning is uh, no, not it's the worst just thing weird. In the world. It's just weird whenever that happens. So I don't, uh, I don't mess with that stuff. But hey, if it works for you, yeah, you know what? Got to get through it. Like we said, it, uh, we're, we're giving the people what they want. Exactly. And what they want is me sounding like this, like I did at the end of my updates yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, we wish you a speedy recovery and Hey, this is the last episode for the week. So hopefully, uh, you know, by the time Monday rolls around and we record again, you're good as new. All right, let's get into our first topic du jour. And that is of course that 92, nine, the game is taking over Charlotte. That's right. Dukes and Bell this afternoon from two to four 15. We'll be at Hooters in Charlotte. Taking the show on the road, I would imagine the guys are well into their travels, if not approaching Charlotte already to get a nice early start to the proceedings. Um, should be a lot of fun, you know, uh, getting into enemy territory there, especially with the way that the last game went. And it's really cool to see the radio station doing something uh, unique. It's one thing to do a home game broadcast, but they're going into enemy territory. That is really cool, and it's not something that you expect for a radio show based in Georgia, obviously, to drive up to Charlotte and do a show from, you know, an opposing team stadium. And that's just – that's the reach that we have, and I think it shows just how great radio is at connecting with people wherever it may be. Because, you know, Dukes and Bell, they do remotes all over the place here in Atlanta, giving, you know, listeners a chance to interact with them. Now – taking it on the road, going to Charlotte. There's obviously going to be a ton of Falcons fans that make the trip up there. And we're just, you know, continuing to give them a place to, you know, to come hang out with each other, build some camaraderie with the show, with fans and, and all that stuff. So it's really cool. And I don't know how you drew the short straw. You don't get to go. I guess Bo Morgan will be sitting in for you in Charlotte. Uh-huh. Oh, contraire, my friend. Bo Morgan will be nowhere to be found. I will uh, be handling all of the proceedings back at the 92.9 The Game Studios. Well, that'll um, be fun. Bo Morgan is uh, tied up in his Atlanta Falcons Radio Network producer responsibilities. Uh, Bo wears many hats at the station. For those who don't know, a little media nugget for you, Steve. Bo not only does the Dukes and Bell uh, executive producer duties, he is also the executive producer for the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. And as of the past few months, he's also now serving as 929 The Game's assistant brand manager. Um, so he's a very busy man. So he could not be bothered for this. And I will be leading the uh, show, which is cool. But, yeah, it would have been nice to be able to go there. But uh, due to several things going on that are too inside to even discuss on this podcast, I will not be making the trip uh, with Dukes and Bell. But uh, I will have some help in the form of morning show great producer Abe Gordon, who will be coming in at 4.15 as Dukes and Bell will also be tasked to handle the Wade Ford tailgate show. 
So how about that? A little double duty for our boys today. They said, hey, if we're sending you out there, we're not sending you out there to do two hours, and then you can do whatever the hell you want. So yeah, Mike thought he was doing a two-hour show and then oh, eating wings and drinking beer, didn't he? Uh, you damn sure right he did. <laughs> and uh, breaking that news is never the easiest thing in the world to do, but we had to and soldier on. But now that'll be fun. Uh, well, the guys will get to chat with Steve Ewing, who's always great on the Wade for Tailgate show. And, uh, you know, sort of hone in. We'll do so. We'll do a, a regular Dukes and Bell show for the first two hours and 15 minutes. All your favorites. Uh, we'll have some guests as well to help break down the proceedings. And then it's all Falcons all the time from 415 to 615. And then the actual Falcons pregame show will start. So we got you covered pillar to post and then postgame show. And then the Falcons fly over and. You guys know the drill, but it'll be a late night for everyone involved. Uh, even Steve, for me and you, kicking back at home and watching the game. Although with the way it sounds, you may be asleep by kickoff. You know, I've got to do Falcons Digital, so I'll be I'll be writing oh. articles for the website and doing social media. I imagine. <clears throat> excuse me. I imagine I will be doing that from home, based on what just happened right there. Um, <laughs> So, yes, I will be awake. I'll be invested. I'll drink whatever, some kind of. Well, you'll know, just switch to the you'll to switch me. to the DayQuil. Exactly. I, I think there's something in DayQuil that kind of helps keep you up. So, yeah, I'll just keep pumping that until the Falcons game is over Then switch to NyQuil. Are you a coffee guy or are you an energy drink guy? Uh, more so an energy drink guy. If I'm drinking coffee, it's got to be like it's almost hot chocolate, essentially what I'm drinking with the amount of sugar and cream in it. I'm not one of these guys that's drinking black coffee. No, me Can't either. Do it. Me either. And it's so funny, like all, you know, all my, uh, you know, my, my lady friends and everything like that, they're all obsessed with their Dunkin' and their Starbucks iced coffee. It's like, if it's not a weekend morning ritual, it's a daily morning ritual. <laughs> I'm just like, um, you know, my, one of my really good friends, his daughter, Samantha is uh, a good friend of mine. And, and she gets her Dunkin' iced coffee every morning. And I'm like, I'm, Samantha, you're drinking a milkshake. You're, right. not, you're not drinking a coffee. That is four pumps of pumpkin spice cream in there with three Splenda and, you know, two half and half. At, at that point, it's you might as well you might as well just stop at Dairy Queen and get a blizzard. I mean, it's it's basically the exact same thing. Um, so I agree with you there. Uh, I have. Unfortunately, like the rest of us, sheep jumped on the Celsius bandwagon. I think that they're really good. Uh, They they, are good. They taste really good, and you can get them like they're like two for three dollars at at Quick Check. So we're sheep, Steve. We're all sheep when it comes to that kind of stuff. But uh, we will not be sheep tonight as 929 the game takes over the Atlanta Falcons broadcast. So um, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to be a part of it. And uh, hopefully they can be 2-0 versus the Panthers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, Steve, this one's interesting. And this one we're going real inside radio here. So have that media nugget button ready. Um, you know what? I'm feeling frisky. Give me a pre-media nugget button just, just to set the tone here. All right. Um, on this must have been, yeah, Tuesday on Dukes and Bell. Um, a very interesting situation happened. We had two athlete interviews that went two completely different directions. And as a sports talk show, how do you handle that? So we had AJ Griffin come on. He was the second to come on. And he's this this one's easier to tackle first because he was great. He came on, he answered every question, he was in a good mood, he was uh, you know, happy to be on, he was um, excited about the team and, and excited about he was coming off of his uh, it's only been a few games, but best season or best game so far where he was hitting all of his threes and looking like he's going to be a player. Um, so that was really fun. And that, you know, when something like that happens, it carry overs the vibe and the momentum for at least the next few segments of the show. It's, you know, you guys, you can come back and reflect on it and chop it up and play cuts from it. And it makes for a really fun experience. But we also had Caleb McGarry on the show. Um, and for whatever reason, it could, could be anything. Life, bad practice. Um, injury, just being dog tired. Um, he was not as into it, I'll say, as AJ Griffin was. Um, some of his answers were short, even like one word answers. Um, it just didn't seem like he was too pumped up to be doing the interview at that time, which is fine. I mean, listen, we're all people. We all have good days and bad days. Um, they're not paid professional speakers, um, I think we forget about that sometimes. Um, and he wasn't mean and he wasn't rude. He was just, you know, something, it was just pretty clear that something happened or something was going on where he just wasn't uh, in the, in a headspace to have a fun, light conversation with Carl and Mike. So the question then becomes, Steve, how do you handle it? You know, I think listening to it with, with Caleb McGarry, you mentioned some of the some of the kind of one word answers, and I think what Carl did was was really smart, and I think it's a great way to handle it. Is you just kind of lightly nudge them to keep going, and there was a question of I can't remember exactly what it was, but the the answer was one word, and Carl just says well, expound on that a little bit, and then that kind of gets them rolling. So you know, at the beginning, it may sound like they're I don't want to call it nervous. These guys play a, you know, play a sport and do a job that's harder than a lot of people. And they play in front of a lot of people and all that. So I don't think it's a nerves thing, but maybe just an unfamiliarity with, you know, with doing phone interviews and stuff like that. So the more comfortable you can make them and then lightly nudge them along to keep talking. I, I think that's what you have to do in that scenario because you can't just, you can't just have somebody continue to give one word answers and have dead air because that's good for no one. So I think, uh, I, I think Carl did the right thing there. And then, you know, there was, he mentioned, uh, you know, a little PAC 12 rivalry, right. you know, later on in the interview. So I think he started to loosen up the more the guys kind of helped him to settle in. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And that's something I was going to mention too, is, you know, one, one tactic as a host you can use is, bring up something that you know that the person's going to be interested in. And for football players, a really good place to go is wherever they played college. 
um, because they feel an attachment to that team in a different way that they do any professional organization because they chose it. So um, in that case, um, between Caleb and Carl, it created a good dialogue to end the interview because they were able to touch on something that Caleb is always going to be passionate about no matter what kind of mood he's in and no matter, um, you know, how the conversation's going elsewhere or, or um, otherwise, I should say. Uh, hey, between the two of us, I can't speak. You can't, you can't get your voice right. We're real. This is a this is a real banged up edition of the Off Air podcast. But but uh, we'll use this for our Hall of Fame audio yeah. for the next episode. This is going right. In yeah, camp. exactly. Me fumbling over my words and your uh, voice being shot. Um, no, but uh, so there's another thing that can be done, which is just simply just keep the interview short. I mean. Listen, I think the Caleb McGarry interview wound up being like four and a half, five minutes. That's plenty. You, you can tell right away in the first 30 seconds of an interview if it's not going the way that you want it to. Uh, I think a lot of times in, in radio and TV, um, people feel like they need to just hit a certain benchmark with an interview, either to fill a segment or to you know, make the guests feel like they didn't come on for nothing. But the bottom line is you got to keep the train moving and you can't have it stalled for 10 to 12 minutes because, you know, I know as a sports radio host and producer, we we feel it more than the audience does, but eventually the audience catches on too. I mean, you can tell after seven and a half, eight minutes of an interview, you're driving around in your car, you're like, man, these guys should probably just move on to something else. So, um, you know, never be afraid to say, hey, you were the guy was on for four and a half, five minutes. That's all we're going to get. And you got to move on. Yeah, there, there's nothing worse than, you know, when you feel like, OK, I have to stretch this interview into an entire segment. And I think sometimes, you know, not just our station, every station, I think people fall victim to that of thinking, like you said, like, oh, I need to make them feel like they came on for a reason and just keeping them going. And if they're not as into it as you think they, you know, or as you thought they were going to be, and you're not into interviewing them, and it, it may not be going the right way for whatever reason, you know, it is, like you said, it's okay to just cut it because you're doing yourself, uh, you know, a disservice and them a disservice if you just keep going just for the sake of it, just to try to get to that 12-minute mark and, you know, make sure you can play the music and head to commercial right after the final question. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, um, that radio producers and hosts need to, I think, do a better job of collectively across the board is end an interview that doesn't sound right, meaning from a technical perspective, especially if it's a big guest. Um, if, if you're fighting through the phone line and the phone line's crackling or it's going in and out or there's it sounds like the guy's calling you from a construction site, there's no reason to, to, to keep the interview going for that either, even if it's a big guest. Um, you know, it's always cool as a producer and a host to know that your show has a big guest coming on that day. But if it's just not working, it's not working. There's no you're, – again, you're doing the audience a disservice. If you can't hear the person's answer, then what good is having them on at all? I mean, if – I mean, you can't – what good is that doing your radio show? Um, and I know we went through a stretch at 92.9 The Game where we had an issue with our phones where they were out of date and they were putting up guests and they were 
they were sounding like robots half the time. And then, you know, our engineering staff had to come in and fix it. They did a great job and everything is good now. But, you know, when stuff like that's happening, you got to make a tough choice. You got to say, hey, what's the, the the thing that always needs to be kept in mind, Steve, is what's best for the show and what's best for the audience. Not because, you know, if you have, I don't know, Michael Irvin come on and he's, you know, calling you from Dallas inside of Jerry World and there's a million people walking behind him and you, you can you can hear every fifth word out of his mouth. Having him on for 12 minutes is, is going to make a lot of people go click, click, click on their radio dial or on their app because they can't they can't focus in on the interview. Right. And then, you know, the next time they see a big guest tease, they're going to say, oh, I probably won't be able to hear him. And they're not going to be as likely to tune in at that point. So, yeah, making sure that the connection is great, that you can hear them. I think all that stuff is extremely vital. And the other the other guest that you mentioned with A.J. Griffin coming on. I think that's rare to have a uh, to have a rookie come on and be so engaging and kind of ready to do something like that. And I, I think, you know, obviously with his play on the court so far in the 24 point game against the Bucks, he's showing that he's, you know, a red, he's ready to be a part of this team for the Hawks. And, you know, being comfortable with the media is something that kind of endears you to a city a lot faster as well. So I, I think that's well, he that did a really cool thing to hear. He That's did true. Duke, so, yeah, you know, it's, the, the, it's not his first time in the spotlight, certainly. But, you know, getting to the NBA is a is a different animal. Sometimes. And, you, and you can't be no dummy and get accepted into Duke, even if they do bend the rules to get you in. I mean, hey, Kyrie Irving went there, right? Too soon? Eh. <laughs> he's, he's working his way back. He's, he's trying. All right. I was a little slow on the uptake of the transition right. Listen, there. We'll get, call that get, a... You got a pass today, Steve. It's all right. <laughs> Thank you. The fact that you're doing this alone, you know, if, if you don't hit the transition sounder right on time, we can live with it. Um, so for the Hall of Fame audio clip of the week, this one's interesting because uh, Jeff Saturday, if you haven't heard by now, um, has been named the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts after they fired Frank Reich. And there's been um, a lot of it, of reaction and varying reaction. Uh, some people think it's a smart move. You get a guy who's endeared to the organization, who is Peyton Manning's right-hand man, a guy that became really well-known in the media and a really good analyst for ESPN. Um, you know, the season's going nowhere anyway. So have a guy out there to represent your team the right way and learn something about coaching. Clearly he's interested in doing that. So this will be a good experience for him. Other people are saying this is disrespectful to coaching and to people who are in that organization and others that are, you know, grinding their way up and trying to, um, you know, become a head coach eventually. Uh, it would be like, you know, uh, a guy who just joins 92.9 The Game as a part-time producer and then a month later gets his own show. You know, uh, us who are... Who Which does there. not happen. No, um, never does. Um, and then we, you know, we as the worker bees who are trying so hard to eventually, whatever our goals are, to be a producer or a, a, a digital guy or a uh, update anchor or a host... 
um, feel slighted because it's like, hey, you know, we're here busting our hump every day and this guy just comes out of nowhere. So there's been a lot of mixed reaction, which what I think is interesting to set this clip up is this is Lewis Riddick on ESPN talking about one of his very recently departed colleagues uh, getting a head coaching job. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't <laughs> You know, look, I, I, I laugh not to be disrespectful at all Absolutely in any not, way, shape, yeah. or form. I laugh simply because yeah. Jeff Saturday is one of my favorite freaking people yeah. in the world. And we have had discussions about this football team about the very topic that we talked about earlier on SportsCenter. And that is, what the hell is wrong with this offensive line? How could they be underperforming in this way, given man for man, the talent that some of the best players on that offensive line, namely Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, the talent that they have. How can they just be getting beat like they're getting beat? How can the pocket be violated the way it's being violated? Why isn't the running game getting going? Why aren't Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman just killing it off of the play-action passing game down the field? What are the answers here? Jeff and I have talked about those things. I'm sure. All right. Steve, do me a favor. Play the first. 10 seconds of that again, if you can. I don't think I can. I think it has to completely finish and then it'll reset. Okay. No problem. But here's the thing. The first 10 seconds of that clip said everything you need to know. Um, He goes on to talk about the offensive line and how Jeff Saturday is going to be a good fit. And Um, I don't know if you agree with me on this. Maybe you think I'm reading too much into it. But I think where he starts the clip by laughing and sort of saying, I don't mean this in a condescending way at all. Um, I think he kind of tipped his hand there, Steve, and he means it in a condescending way very much so. Um, I think if you gave Lewis Riddick truth serum there, he would probably fall on the side of column B, of which I just described uh, you know, being a Lewis Riddick himself, being a guy that uh, played the game and then, you know, was serving in front office roles and things like that, of watching a guy that even though he really likes him, uh, get a head coaching job with no experience and bypass everyone that's, you know, working their ass off to try to get that job. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and you heard him and, and that was Jay Harris, uh, the other anchor on SportsCenter there kind of helping Lewis Riddick to cover for himself. Like, oh, obviously, no disrespect. Like, no, no, no. Um, I think that was such a genuine, like, what the hell kind of moment for so many people. Uh, I have a friend that's a Colts fan in my group chat uh, from college. And, you know, after the Frank Reich firing, all that kind of stuff, they were happy about it. And all of a sudden, I saw the Jeff Saturday thing on Twitter, and I sent it in there like right after and i said is this real and everybody was just like are you like what there's no way and then this was before actually the twitter blue launched which has been a complete disaster with everybody getting check marks and maybe we can talk about that next week oh you read my mind there brother (laughs) so it was it was just trying to understand like what they have former head coaches on that staff gus bradley's there um I'm blanking on the name, but there's another former head coach, I believe. Reggie Wayne's also on the staff. And Butterfinger's back. Hey, Hey, Butterfinger. So, uh, so yeah, they have former head coaches on that staff. They have experience. They have guys in the building that know what they're doing. And they went to ESPN 
to grab Jeff Saturday to come back, who has head coaching experience as a what a it, it was here in Georgia, somewhere in Dekula, I think. I can't remember the name of this. Ebron Christian was the name of the, the mm-hmm. private school where he went three and seven as a head coach. I know Jeff Saturday is smarter than I'll ever be, and he knows or whatever that saying is. He's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. That's but right. I I don't understand how you make that move. And it was, again, just such a genuine what is going on moment. And the Colts have had a lot of these now. And part of it was Jim Ursay's weird press conference saying that they're in the upper quartile of the upper quartile and all the And he's glad that Jeff Saturday has no experience because he doesn't have the fear. That's the the quote. So just really, (laughs) wow, that was a a nice voice crack. Um, Just really weird what's going on there. And just really weird what's just going on there. I think it's like you're hitting, it's like puberty all over again. Oh, yeah. What a fun time. I'd love to go through that again. Uh, Yeah. I think Lewis Riddick, like you said, kind of tipped his hand there with what happened. And I think because that's the the reaction that you have to have. If, If we saw to kind of expound on your analogy of a part timer, you know, that just started getting his own show. I feel like this would be, you know, a part-timer that just started with us all of a sudden getting their own like national show on like the CBS CBS sports network. Network. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what this would be going from coaching a high school and doing stuff on ESPN to being a head coach in the NFL. That's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And um, I think the only saving grace for this thing is that there are no expectations. So he can fall on his face as much as, as much as anyone else. It doesn't matter because, because no one's expecting anything. So the, their season's already over. They're, they're not going to be a contender in the playoffs. Sam Ellinger looks like a mess. You're not going to bring back Matt Ryan at this point. Um, so maybe I saw they'll... something that uh, somebody said, Matt Ryan should call the plays. Which wouldn't be a bad idea, honestly. It, honestly, he's, he's you know, smarter in that building than Matt Ryan. I don't think anybody. And you know what? Then and you know, him and Nick Foles should just work in tandem. You have a Super Bowl winning quarterback and an MVP, uh, just trying to put together the rest of a season. I think it's it would be much more representative of uh, a modicum of success than running out somebody who's never done it before calling plays. Yeah, they're having for, some 30-year-old assistant quarterbacks yeah, coach call yeah, the plays. Yeah, call the plays for a quarterback that can't throw the ball and is basically Tim Tebow out there and Taysom Hill trying to just run people over. And uh, it's really not working too well, as evidenced by the coach getting fired and them hiring their former Pro Bowl center to be their head coach. Um, just I think that should be a rule now. Every team that fires their head coach in season has to hire a former player as their interim head coach. You know what's really funny? Kyle Brandt had a rant about that exact thing on Good Morning Football. And I'm actually going to play that on Thursday's Dukes and Bell, Yeah Man, No Man, as I fill in for Bo Morgan. So look at that. Look at how we tie everything together, people. That wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't planned. Um, he goes on. I don't even get the NFL Network, so it couldn't have been. Yeah, he basically says like, "Oh, if Bill Belichick retired tomorrow, Devin McCourty should become the head coach," and he goes on a rant about that. 
Um, so exactly what you're saying. So I think that's a good place to end it, Steve. We bring it full circle. Uh, great job today playing hurt. Uh, hopefully, like I said, on uh, my Monday. flu game. Yeah, you're although flu game. I don't have the flu. Thank you. <laughs> uh, unlike some people at 99 again that's also another story for a different day um, but on that note we will end it thank you so much for listening as always follow me on twitter at c thomas radio follow steve at peeve gagliano p-e-e-v-e gagliano still working on that um for steve gagliano i am chris thomas saying thanks so much for listening to the off air podcast